0: While you're you're, you're taking a seat, let's give the Lord uh, some some praise this morning for who He is. Hey, let's also give Josh and the worship team a big round of applause. They deserve it this morning. Good job, dude. Fantastic. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, I'm pretty positive that you might. uh, Pull them out. And uh, sir, I can't take his line. You know that I can't do that. Uh, go ahead and pull them out, turn to Acts chapter 13. We're going to be in the book of Acts again this morning. Uh, while you're doing that, uh, I'll say that we had a really great Christmas. I hope that you did too. Did a little bit of traveling, got back safe. Thankful for that. Um, a big thank you to the team that decorated the, the sanctuary, the worship center for Christmas this year. It, wasn't it beautiful? Yeah. And, and especially thank you to the team that spent time yesterday tearing all that stuff down. Uh, really, really thankful for you uh, and what you did. Very, very much appreciate you. And I hope that you got all the gifts that you were wanting. You know, we've got three small children. So Christmas is extra special. It's a little extra magical when you got little kids in the house. And uh, if you didn't know this already, we got one more on the way. So uh, we got number four on the way. Yeah, there might be people who didn't know that. Yeah, that's good, yeah. You're going to get tired of clapping at the end of this, end of this sermon, I promise. Uh, very much so. It is extra special, um, and we just hope that we can soak it all in while they're little. Uh, when well, the last few hours of 2023, which we are in right now, uh, I want to take a look at some, at some passages of Scripture together and look at God's Word, and I want to jump right in. Um, if this is your first time here, maybe you're visiting with us, we've been in the book of Acts uh, for a long time in 2023, and it is only appropriate that we spend some time in Acts as well uh, as we wrap up the year. So look at Acts chapter 13, we're going to be in verses, starting verse 44, and we're going to go all the way to, to the end of the, of, of the chapter in verse 52. And so we're going to be there this morning. Uh, If you will, if you would, would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? When we stand for the reading of God's word, this is just an act of reverence and an act of respect for for his word that he's given to us. So let's do that this morning. Uh, Let's start at verse 44. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy And they began contradicting the things spoken by Paul, and they were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, so that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region, but the Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city, and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook the dust off their feet in protest against them, and they went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that it is powerful, that it is, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, I pray this morning, God, that you would open it up to us so that we might glean from it the truth that you would have for us today. God, we love you, we thank you, and we just say you're welcome here among us. God, may there be no other reason we have gathered than to encounter the living God today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we jumped right in to that, to that chapter, and uh, if, you, if, you, if you know a little bit about Acts 13, uh, Paul and Barnabas, there, they're speaking the gospel, um, but as is his custom, he'll start um, in the Jewish synagogue. And so he's preaching to the Jewish synagogue, he's preaching and letting the Jews know, here is the good news of the gospel. And I love what Luke said, he says, they were here to listen to the word of the Lord. Uh, Paul didn't come up with his own ideas, he opened the scriptures, And he preached from the word of the Lord. And so that's what he did to the Jews first. Uh, But obviously, we read in the text that the Jews um, were not happy about this. They did not believe. They did not accept the good news of the gospel. In fact, so much so uh, that when they gathered the following week, which is where we get in verse 44, they're they're filled with jealousy. So much so that 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 they get everybody riled up so that they can send them out of the city. And that's where we find ourselves. So Paul and Barnabas are leaving the city, they're heading to Iconium, and it says that they were filled, I want to hone in on verse 52, I know it's the, it's the shortest verse out of everything we read, but verse 52 says, they were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the title for today's sermon is A Spirit-Filled New Year, A Spirit-Filled New Year. I don't desire anything more for myself or for you, if we're gonna march into 2024, than to do it full of the Holy Spirit. We need to do this full of the Holy Spirit. A biblical truth that I pull from this text, and and as you read scripture, uh, you know, finding the truth, find that nugget of truth that you can pull from the text, and one of those that I pulled as I was preparing this week uh, from this text is this, we can be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We can be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't see anything else in the text, see this, that they were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's possible for you, and on the other side of that, it's possible for you to not be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's what we 're going to talk about this morning. that's what we 're going to talk about. How many of you have ever been to Chick-fil-A? How many of you are thankful for the new Chick-fil-A in Brunswick? Amen? We needed that. Thank you so much. My wallet is not so happy, but my taste buds and my stomach are very happy that it is here. Um, you know. This analogy is going to work for any Chick-fil-A fan, even if you're not a Chick-fil-A fan. If you're not a Chick-fil-A fan, the altar is going to be open at the end of the sermon <laughs> for you to repent and come to, come, to, come to faith in Chick-fil-A. But let's say you're at Chick-fil-A, right? Uh, you've got your drink. You've decided to eat inside. Brave, bold move on, on your part. You've decided to eat inside. Um, and you, you finish your lemonade. You finish your sweet tea. And you go up to the front and you ask for a refill, right? And you ask for a refill because you enjoyed your beverage, so much so that you consumed it all, and, you know, thank you, I'd like another. And when you say, may I have a refill, um, you know, th- what do you expect in response? You say, thank you for my refill, then, you, th- then I want to hear, my pleasure, aren't you good Christian chicken eaters? <laughs> my pleasure, that's right. If you don't hear my pleasure, it should be free, right? That's, what, that's the way I think it should be. I don't know if that's a rule or not. Chick-fil-A employees, you can come tell me later. But, but I expect to hear my pleasure. When we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes we need a refill, right? Sometimes we need a refill, a refuel, if you will. We're gonna to begin to, to just dissect and talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, but before I do that, I wanna share a quote from Charles Spurgeon, just as a preface. Just as, just as a preface overall uh, this morning. He says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, and it'll be up on the screen. He says, we can explain what the Spirit does But how he does it, no man must pretend to know. The work of the Holy Spirit is the peculiar mystery of the Christian religion. Almost any other thing is plain, but this must remain an inscrutable secret into which it were wrong for us to attempt to pry. Who knows where the winds are begotten? Who knows, therefore, how the Spirit works? For he is like the wind." I'm not gonna attempt this morning to tell you how the Spirit does what he does, but what we're going to do this morning is we're gonna talk about what the Spirit does. We can observe the wind. We can observe that the wind blows the flag, right? And we can say the wind is blowing right now, right? Where it came from, I don't know. Where it's headed, not sure. But we can observe and we can, we can learn from what, what happens and we can learn from the effects of it. And, and I just want to say that as a preface because I'm not here this morning to go to the nth degree of the theological background of the Holy Spirit. I don't think that um, you know, we're going we're to go into those depths. But I hope that this morning creates a hunger and a thirst for you to go deeper and to be refilled this morning. So... The word holy, the word that is used in this text in Acts 13, in Acts 13 uh, it says that they were continually filled. I like what the New American Standard says, "is continually filled. Yours might not say that, it might just say filled. But the verb, it, it literally means to be filled and to continually being filled. This is an active verb, it doesn't just stop one time. It is, it is happening throughout the life of a believer. You are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe when Peter said in Acts chapter 2, I want to be clear about this. You know, I I believe we get all of the Holy Spirit at salvation. Peter said in Acts chapter 2 when he was preaching a sermon, he said, repent and believe that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't think that when, you know, the eight-year-old gives their life to Christ that they get junior Holy Spirit. I don't think you get Happy Meal version Holy Spirit. I think that you get the entire Holy Spirit upon salvation because it is a gift that you have received. But what changes? You may ask yourself this morning, if I've got the gift, then why do I need to be refilled? I'm so glad you asked. I'd love to answer that question. Uh, so, to answer that question, I just put it into simple terms. I've got three reasons why I believe that we need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to start generally, everybody, and then we're going to get more specific into different reasons why we might need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, number one, this is a general reason. The first reason is we are broken. We are broken. If you're taking notes, these are going to be real simple. We are broken, we're leaky. Even the most mature Christians in here are broken on some level. Now, you may not be a colander. You ever seen a colander? It's got a bunch of holes in it, right? You may not be to that level, but even the crack at the bottom of the glass will cause a loss of the contents over time. We leak. We are broken vessels. Let me say this for anybody who thinks like me. Let me be clear. The Holy Spirits, the contents in in, in this analogy right here, that we are a vessel, and the Spirit is the one who fills us. The Holy Spirit himself does not diminish. He does not diminish, and he is a he. He's not an it, by the way, okay? He does not diminish. So where is the issue? The issue is in the vessel. We're broken, right? If you look down, if you're sitting there in Chick-fil-A with your lemonade and your styrofoam cup, and you look down and, you, and you're like, I've only taken like two sips, but this thing is like almost gone. And now you notice there's lemonade all over the table. You don't look down and say, that terrible lemonade, it can't even stay in the cup. No, you, you think I've got a crack and I've got a hole somewhere in this cup. I I need to do something about this, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about. The problem, the, the Holy Spirit does not diminish. We as the vessel are where the issue lies, and thus we need constant refilling. Point number two, this is the second reason that we need to be refilled. Our capacity changes. Let's go back to Acts chapter 13 for a second and look at this, look at this text. Because Paul and Barnabas are, you know, we, we, could, we could say they're doing the mission of God, right? They're, they're on mission. They are fulfilling God's will for their life. They're sharing the gospel. It should be all hunky-dory for them, right? Things should just be smooth sailing. They're on mission for God. And that is not the case, I believe that Paul and Barnabas, their capacities changed because they were stretched in that persecution. A lot of times when hard things happen to us, we tend to be stretched, don't we? And thank God we're a little bit of elastic, okay? I'm glad I'm not, I'm glad I'm not brittle, right? When hard things happen, you don't break, you bend, right? That's the kind of person you want to be. You don't break, you bend, you change, you shift. And so as persecution happens to them in this context, they are stretched. And their capacities are also grown because they see these new Gentiles give their faith over to Jesus, right? Their mission is being completed. They've been called. They've been commanded to to preach to the Gentiles and the Gentiles are fired up about it. So at at the same exact moment, they're persecuted and they're fulfilled. And so their capacity begins to grow, right? It's not unlike... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7. I don't know if you recall this or not, but uh, the children of Israel are about to go into the promised land in Deuteronomy chapter 7. It's not on the screen this morning, Uh, but effectually God says this to the children of Israel. They're about to go into the promised land. He says this. He says, hey, I've given you the promised land. It's yours. You've got it, and now you've just got to go take it. But here's the thing, Israel. I can't give it to you all at once. If I give it to you all at once, the beasts of the field will be, even the beasts of the field will be too much and they'll overtake you. So you have to take it little by little. This is spiritual growth. This is discipleship. This is your path in 2024. We want to have our capacities grow, right? We want to experience more of the Holy Spirit in our life. So just like that, God says little by little, little by little, you will take it. I believe that we've been given a deposit of heaven in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter one, I I believe this verse is gonna be on the screen. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter one, I believe it's verse 22, 21 to 22, Uh, let's read this. Uh, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us in God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Some versions say as a deposit. Now, <clears throat> when you give a deposit, that's a portion, right? The deposit is, it, 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 it saves your spot, if you will. Uh, student camp people, I mean, didn't, aren't our student people like that? Give a deposit, it saves your spots. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit to you, a portion, an early portion of what you will inherit when you enter into the kingdom of God. That's a great thing. So, as our capacities change, I don't want, us to, I don't want you to hear me that, 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 oh, well, I need more of the Holy Spirit. Like, God has withheld a portion of him. That doesn't, that's, that's not what I'm saying, okay? God, like I said earlier, gives us the entire person of the Holy Spirit in us at the moment of salvation, and our capacities change. I believe that, and I believe scripture uh, can back that up as well. Uh, the, the point number three, why we need be, to be refilled. this is important we need to be refilled because we filled our vessel with other things my friends my church fellow workers of the kingdom i gotta ask myself and you this have you opened yourself to be filled with anything else other than the holy spirit in the year 2023 If you have, we have reason to repent today. We see this in Acts 45. um, Excuse me, Acts 13, verse 45. Let's look there together. It says, but when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with, what's the word right there? Jealousy. And they began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. So, contrarily... To the disciples in verse 52, the Jews here are filled with something else. That's not the Holy Spirit. They're filled with jealousy. Maybe you've been filled with anger this year. Maybe you've been filled with, with jealousy like the Jews have in this, in this text. Uh, being filled with jealousy, I believe, is a byproduct of being filled with yourself. Maybe you've been full of yourself in 2023. Pride is the root of all evil. Have you ever heard of this? And it's true. It's right. Here's the thing. You may not be able to control anything else in your life right now. Maybe 2024 has a lot of unknowns. Maybe there's a lot of uncontrollables, which I found out really isn't a word. Uncontrollables. Uh, But but I do remember that word, and I remember it because I used to play football, believe it or not. All right? Now... (sighs) I, I feel like I was pretty well known, I'm just saying. I'm not Pastor Chris says he was the most unknown, best basketball player ever. I mean, I, I was not a big deal, let me, let me just rephrase. But I did play offensive line from 2007 to 2010. Uh, for a lot of you, that's gonna make me feel, may, 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 make me seem very, uh, very young to you. But let me tell you, we're getting to the place where that makes me feel very old to a lot of you as well. So uh, we're getting there. <clears throat> but when we would play football, I remember our coaches saying something to this effect. You can't control what the other team does. You can't control what the referees do. You can't control even what your teammates do. All you can control is what you do and your job on the field, like Georgia Bulldogs did last night to Florida State, right? (laughs) See? I told you you'd be tired of clapping by the end of this thing. Roll, Todd. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's a lot of things that you cannot control. And that's a lesson in life. You can't control that. You can't control what other people do. You can't control what other people say. You can't control the things that are around you. But you can control what you open yourself up to be filled with. Circumstances do not position you up for filling. Hard posture and mindset do. Do. Let me say that again. The circumstances in your life do not place you in a position to be filled, but your, heart, but your mindset and your heart posture do. We cannot fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. I believe that God has to do that for us. But we can decide to fill ourselves with other things other than Him. So, I feel like we've answered the question, hopefully you you understand why we need to be refilled. Well, number one, we need to be refilled because we're broken. Number two, uh, because our capacity changes sometimes. And number three, because maybe we've filled ourselves with other things. Great, well that's why we need to be refilled, so how do I do it? And I wish that it was as simple as what I'm about to tell you, but it's really not. So just take it with a grain of salt, okay? But if I was to give you just a couple of of ways to to be filled with the Holy Spirit in 2024, it would be these three things. Uh, Number one is believe in the promise. I grew up in a church where um, they would have never said this with their lips, okay? But in practice, it often seemed like the Trinity was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible, Now hear me, I love the Word of God. I believe it's the inerrant, infallible scriptures, and I believe it's God-breathed, and I love the scriptures, I love God's Word, but this book right here is not the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is, amen? Amen. So the Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so we have to believe and trust that the promise of God is the Holy Spirit. Look at Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. It says this, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, that your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And we know that that text was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And from that moment on, we're full right? The Holy Spirit has come. Two more places where I believe uh, we see this promise. In John 14 verse 16, let's look at this. Uh, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you, everyone read the next word, forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. This is a promise. Jesus makes a promise that the Holy Spirit will come. Look at John 14, 26, just a couple of verses later. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Your version might say that he he will remind you of all that that I've taught you. This is a shameless plug and it has nothing to do with what I'm saying, but... The Holy Spirit, the promi- one of the promises of the Holy Spirit is that he will remind you all that Jesus has taught. You cannot be reminded of something that you have never first minded. If you're wondering why the Holy Spirit doesn't seem to speak to you very often, well, number one, he speaks the language of the scriptures. And if you don't know those scriptures, how can he remind you of those scriptures? Hide the word of God in your heart, and the Holy Spirit that is promised to you will bring it back to your memory. 2024, will you hide God's word in your heart? Will you decide, okay, I'm going to memorize just a couple of scriptures this year. I'm going to dive into God's word, and then ask the the Holy Spirit, ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, you promised me that you'd remind me of all that you have taught and all that you've said I claim that promise and I ask that you would remind me throughout my day of what you have, of of what I read and what I saw. That's a promise, okay? Uh, Number two, how can you uh, be refilled? Well, you gotta welcome in his presence. You've gotta welcome his presence. Oswald Chambers said this, and I love Oswald Chambers, by the way. Another thing, if you wanna do in 2024, just dedicate your, uh, just say, I'm gonna read my utmost first highest every day in 2024, that'd be great. Oswald Chambers, he said once our Lord was glorified in his ascension the Holy Spirit came into the world and he has been here ever since we have to receive the revealed truth that he is here the attitude of receiving and welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives is to be the continual attitude of a believer let me read that last sentence again he's tucked this away The attitude of receiving and welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives is to be the continual attitude of the believer. Welcome Him into your life. I think too, too long we spent not talking about the Holy Spirit in our churches. Not anymore. Look at John 13, excuse me, John 16, verse 13 through 15. It says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and discloses it to you. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, he reveals truth. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, He is going to, to glorify Jesus to you. He will take what He hears from the Father and He will disclose it to you. But none of this happens if we are not in the presence of God, and if we do not make and a continual active effort to welcome Him into our life. I believe. I speak honestly for a second. The person that lives in the presence of the Holy Spirit, that that really, you know, has the Holy Spirit, and they they interact with Him, and and they're in the Scriptures, and they're they're walking in the Spirit, right? You can tell, can't you? You can tell. You can tell, man, that person is just on fire. They've got an active, thriving relationship with the Lord, and I see it through through the relationship they have with the Holy Spirit in their life. You can tell and you can tell if somebody doesn't. And we see that through the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. When you welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit into your life, you will begin to walk in the fruits, which are, everybody say it together, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It saves the, last, uh, the, the, the hardest one for last, right? Self-control, right? But you can begin to walk in those fruits. Uh, the, third, the third reason, uh, or the, excuse me, the third way I believe you can be filled with the Spirit is to walk in His power to walk in his power. There used to be an old Hillsong song which it feels weird to say old Hillsong song, um, at the risk of aging myself again, uh, I used to go like, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me. Do you guys remember this? Did y'all ever sing this here? This is way before. I think it was like 2006 is the year that it, that it came out. Um, but, but that's true. It came right from Romans chapter 8, verse 10, uh, which is behind me on the screen. Uh, we'll read this. Uh, if Christ is in you, Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We have to walk in his power. We have, to, we have to access this power that is within us. <clears throat> we don't do enough explaining sometimes, um, at least I don't, when, when we sing certain songs. Um, but there's this song, um, it says, um, you, we, I think we've sung it, it's called Gratitude. And this is just coming to my mind. But the bridge says, um, what does it say? It's like, a, don't. Oh, it's like, don't uh, shy away, Uh, oh, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift up your voice, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs, get up and praise the Lord. You're like, oh, that's kind of artsy-fartsy, that's cool though, I like it, let's sing it. Um, Sorry, I said fartsy. Um, But the truth of the song is that you've got a lion inside of your lungs. The literal name of God is Yahweh, which is the literal sound of breath. And the the name for the spirit is ruach ruach in, in Hebrew, which literally means wind. And so when it says you've got the lion and the lion of the tribe of Judah, the third person of the Trinity, the spirit of Christ inside of you, open up your mouth and praise the Lord. You're doing exactly what Ephesians chapter three says that be filled with the spirit by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. If you feel low and you need to be refilled with the spirit, just open up your mouth and sing. That might be helpful. We're going to do that in a little bit. Sorry, that was a rant. That was good though. Um, Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, another text about the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, now to him who who was able to do far more abundantly all that we can ever ask or think according to the power at work within us. If you're sitting here this morning and you can't think of a time where God did immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine, If you cannot think of a time when God did immeasurably more than what you could ask or imagine, my question is, are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? Have you welcomed him into your life? These are just questions we need to ask ourselves. Uh, And and, and this scripture is not on the screen, but 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. That word power... Translated from the Greek is where we get our word for dynamite. "dudamas." I believe, is the word. Power. The power of the Holy Spirit. Just think TNT, y'all. Just think TNT. It is explosive, and it can be. <clears throat> I mentioned earlier that Peter in Acts chapter 2 um, says that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you have the promise of this gift, I believe you have the presence of the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then you have the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And wouldn't you know, I've got a gift for you. I believe that the Holy Spirit is like a gift, because that's what Jesus calls him. He He says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, at our house, we have a wrapping paper for every single, every person. Everybody gets their own wrapping paper, right? This was mine. It's got singing cats on it, okay? We got singing cats on mine, so that's good. But if the Holy Spirit is like a gift, then then just think of it like a Christmas present. It's fresh on your mind. You've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift is underneath the tree. It's got your name on it. It's got your name on it. So it's yours, right? The promise is there. You see that promise, it's there. It's got your name on it. Fantastic. That's awesome. Well, guess what? I go and I pick up that gift, and now it's mine. Now, I'm in the presence of my gift, and I can, I can just walk around anywhere I want to with this gift, and people come up to me and say, wow, that's such a great gift. Look at those, those beautiful singing cats. Uh, is that yours? Yes, it is mine. Well, what's in it? I don't know, but it's mine. I've got it. I've got the Holy Spirit, right? I don't know what's in it, but it's mine, and I've got him. That is step number one. How many of you know that when you give a gift, when you're the giving person of the gift, what do you want the person you gave the gift to do? Open the dang gift. (laughs) None of this, hey, let me just, will everybody else open theirs first? No, I want to watch you open the gift that I gave you. I believe a lot of us are walking around with the gift of the Holy Spirit and God has been waiting for a long, long time for you to unwrap and open that gift. What's gonna happen when you do? I believe that the third person of the Trinity, you'll you'll begin to understand and to see and you'll kick yourself (laughs) for not opening it sooner. What does that look like? That looks like, I'm going to get into the word this year. I'm going to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into my life because he promised that he would, he, would, he would walk me into all truth. He would be the one that reveals truth to me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus loved the Holy Spirit so much so that he said, it's better that I leave so that he can come to you. I read that verse for so long and I was like, that is a bunt, I cannot believe that Jesus would say that. Well how many of you would prefer if Jesus walked through that door right here and came right here? Jesus would not prefer that. He would prefer the spirit of himself to be living and dwelling in all of you and filling you. Do you see this? Do you see that sometimes what I think is, is the right thing and what the disciples thought was the right thing in that moment actually wasn't? And Jesus knew better. He knew if I can be in you, that's even better than being with you. Open the gift. Paul says, uh, you know, I, I already mentioned this, but, 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 you know, to be filled with the Spirit in one of his texts, he says, that sing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, there's a hymn called The Spirit of the Living God uh, by Daniel Iverson. Have you ever heard of this? Spirit of the Living God. Fall fresh on me. If you know, he's singing. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, you. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Daniel Iverson, I didn't know this until yesterday, but do you know where Daniel Iverson is from, where he was born? Brunswick, Georgia. Born in Brunswick, Georgia went on to graduate from the University of Georgia and became a pastor and he wrote this hymn I love that he says melt me mold me fill me and use me so I don't know where you're at today you may just I don't you may have just walked in cuz you had a friend that invited you or maybe this is just part of what you do every week I don't think I've left any base uncovered here I think we all have reason to be refilled with the Holy Spirit would you agree so you might be here this morning and you think well I'm actually full of something else (laughs) if you bring me a a cup full of lemonade I'm not going to pour coffee in it you need to first pour out the lemonade right you need to first empty the vessel of the content so that you can be refilled with what you desire. If you're, if you're in this place and you're full of something else, the first step is to empty yourself. The first step is to empty yourself and pour out the old so that the new can come in. How do you do that? Wherever you are, if you're in your seat or, or down here at the front this morning, you cry out to God and you say, "God, I'm done." I'm done, I'm emptying myself, God would you refill me? And forgive me for ever filling my vessel with anything other than you. Uh, maybe you're here this morning and you've got the present, you've got the gift, and you've been real proud, sometimes you haven't really known what to do with it, so maybe you set it down for a little bit but you pick it back up, but you've never opened it. This morning is the morning to open the Holy Spirit. And if there's any confusion on that, the Spirit says he'll reveal to you all truth, so why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit to tell you how to do that too. (laughs) Don't look to me. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never even been given this gift. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't even know what this gift is, you don't even know who the Holy Spirit is and what is this dude talking about today? You've never repented, you've never put your faith in Jesus, you've never given him your life, you've never called him Lord and Savior. Can I tell you that what he is offering you is so much better than what you're carrying around right now? Lay it down and receive the gift of free life and on top of that, the gift of the Holy Spirit. However that goes uh, this morning, Josh, you can go ahead and and come up today. Wherever you are, I want us to respond. I want us to, to have a moment where we lift our voices, where we ask God to fill us up again. And I don't care if you're full to the brim, why don't you ask for more and watch it pour over and see who else you might affect in that moment. Let's ask God to fill us up with his Holy Spirit so that we can march into a new year full of him and nothing else. That'd be my prayer for you. That'd be my hope for this church I believe a spirit-filled church can change a city. I believe a spirit-filled church can change a community. A spirit-filled church will change your family. A spirit-filled church can have so many effects if we would just learn to welcome him, to believe in him, and to walk in his power. He wants to do that for us today, so be by your head and pray with me. God, we thank you for the the gift of the Holy Spirit and we thank you for the promise that you made to us. And God, personally forgive me for ever thinking that it would be better if you were in the room and I could just be with you, when all the while you're thinking, I wanna be in you. God, we repent forever filling ourselves with things that are not you. And God, I pray this morning, God, if anyone has never received the gift, the gift of your son and the gift of the Holy Spirit, God, that they would embrace it. They go to the tree and grab it and realize my name's on that. Father, thank you for the gift. God, and I pray now that we would respond to you. God, and may our response be simply this. Fill me up. Fill us up, Lord. Lord. God, fill us up and send us out that we might be the lot of the world. God, we love you, we thank you, we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen.